Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Randy, welcome back. Faith family, welcome back. These guys are just gluttons for punishment. They just keep coming back for more. That person is. Yeah, whoever people that, listening, whoever, whoever watching. That person is. Whoever um, that person is. I'm a glutton for punishment. You want a joke this week? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I tell you what, no. then. I brought a what coin. Okay. I brought a coin. I'll All flip right. it. All right. Let's see if we uh, tell yep. a joke. Heads, I win. Yep. Tails, you lose. Yep. Tails. Heads, I win. Okay. Uh, so here's the joke. Uh, what did the sea say to the shore? It's nice to meet you. No, it didn't say anything. It just waved. Oh, that was good. Oh, that yeah. was really good. You can use that one if you want. I probably won't. But I probably won't. With the weather outside, we should be thinking about warm places like the sea and the beach and the sun. Goodness, chill. I got it's a cup March. of hot tea here, March, and it's March. just keeping me alive right now. So, right now, it's this thing will load. This, like these seasonal transitions, thirty-three. Oh, good. It feels like twenty-three. Yeah. So that's we, really not important right now. What's important no, is this, this text. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, cold. Yeah. Yeah, it's cold. When the seasons change and just bounce back and forth, <sighs> it drives me nuts. Because you get a little bit of a glimpse, and then yeah. it bounces back. Last week, I mean, yeah, 60s and 70s. Yeah, so good. But we're going to get more of the good weather at that time of year, which is fun. It'll be hot soon. Yeah. Especially in PA. Yeah, and then we'll be, you know, angsty for fall. Yeah. But it's part of the joys of living in the Northeast here. Yeah. Okay. So you're ready to ready. dive in. Ready. To Matthew chapter 3. Ready. All right. Here we go. Um, Matthew chapter three, mm -hmm. get my Bible open to that text. Um, quick rehash. We have John the Baptist entering the scene, right? His birth is not covered uh -uh, in Matthew's gospel. Um, so we have John the Baptist. He preaches his first sermon, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he has this encounter with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and uh, we see this, you know, a couple different reactions to this message. So uh, to get started, um, John the Baptist, the baptizer, Johnny B, whatever you want to call him. JB. Yeah, JB. Um, who is this guy? Why is he in the wilderness? And what's the deal with his clothes and his diet? We covered that a little bit, but just... Mm -hmm. in a minute or two. Mm -hmm. Why is this guy so strange? Yeah, apparently God says, I'm, I'm going to send a messenger that's going to fulfill prophecy. Matthew's doing a lot of this. You, we, we talked about this a week or two back. Yeah. So once again, this guy shows up and he looks a lot like Elijah. So mm -hmm. Jewish readers in particular, folks familiar with the Old Testament, they, they see what he looks like and they... They're, whether they're making connections or not, I don't know. But that's certainly the intention of the uh, revelation through the scriptures from the Old to the New Testament. So mm -hmm. he looks the way he does. Uh, the best we can tell about uh, his diet is the fact that he is meeting in a place which was harsh, out of the mainstream, 
uh, and the diet was minimal mm -hmm. so that he is, uh, he's doing away with all of these comforts saying, look, mm -hmm. what, what we're about with the kingdom of heaven is this is a radical change that's taking place and everybody has to change radically in order to get in. So that, mm -hmm. that would be about the best thing you, you might want to do with reading when you read about him and, and what he's like in verse four, for instance. So, mm -hmm. um, so radical guy with a radical message, mm -hmm. um, the way he's behaving, it does kind of echo of some of the prophets, even beyond Elijah, like just mm -hmm. the things that they did, the places mm -hmm. they, you know, very bizarre. Yeah. Um, out there. Yeah. Um, but we don't want to cast him off because his message is it's the same as Jesus's. Um, so wilderness real quick before mm -hmm. we move on from, mm -hmm. from this, uh, when I was reading that, like I'm thinking back to the old Testament too, and the wilderness is usually like a place of testing and it is for Jesus here it will you know, be. in chapter four. Yeah, it will be. Um, but that's not why he's out there. It doesn't seem. Uh, uh, or is there some kind of, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's Richard. Symbolism. Richard Hayes. Uh, Richard Hayes might be one of the scholars that that pointed out that there are some that would say, yeah, the reason why he's in the wilderness is because Jesus is soon going to be there. So there's certainly a, there's certainly a connection there, but um, I would I would rather go with the thought again that. Um, Matthew has already told us in Matthew 1 and 2 how much Jesus is connected to Israel's journey. And so I, I think what I would rather see is John's in the wilderness uh, because that was the place of promise. And I may have uh, given a couple of scriptures actually mm -hmm. about that wilderness. So certainly Hosea, I think it was Hosea 2, mm -hmm. uh, 14 and 15 or 15 and 16. I, I can't remember exactly, but I think Hosea 2 was one of those places. And then the other one, of course, came from Isaiah 40, verse 3, which is the quote. Yeah. In verse three. Mm -hmm. So I would say that he's in the wilderness because once again, you're seeing God's say to his people now in the first century with the arrival of Jesus. The kingdom is coming. There's it's about to be a new exodus. Mm -hmm. So now here's my people now in the wilderness, but they're in the wilderness because there's already been an exodus. Mm -hmm. They've already left Egypt. They're in the wilderness headed to the promised land. Those are the types of connections that I I hope our folks, or at least for you, I hope you're, I hope you're able to uh, appreciate the way in which the scriptures are written from cover to from front to back, so that as you're reading it, you can follow the storyline. Mm -hmm. All you're seeing is God's amazing sovereignty to control every detail of history, to work it exactly the way He needs to, so that His people can see His faithfulness. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so before we move on to this message here, yeah. You're, you're just kind of hinting at uh, the next text in my mind. So Randy's going to be gone yeah. on Sunday and mm -hmm. you're stuck with me. So yeah. you stay home if you you'll, want. Uh, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm getting pumped because I keep seeing as I'm reading the surrounding text, these, you know, fingers pointing back to Moses yeah. and Jesus is going to be the greater Moses. He's going to be able to accomplish what Moses yeah. could not ultimately accomplish. Yeah. And there's just so much hope and excitement in that. And so just a little teaser for you. Mm -hmm. um, man, 
this yeah and the way matthew kind of sets it up here oh my is it's awesome and you've got a great text for sunday if you're going with 13 uh chapter 3 13 to 17 with the yeah. baptism of jesus mm -hmm. and yeah his fulfilling righteousness and mm -hmm. that thing's loaded mm -hmm. and it's communion sunday and that's the best of both worlds it is wow. yeah yeah it's gonna be a good sunday yeah uh, looking i'm forward excited to it. for you i feel Me. bad yeah. yeah i feel bad for you yeah, you got such a... <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's I know. gonna be good um, yeah, you got a great text. We're, I'm, I'm excited. Good. Um, so, but here we are. Go ahead. Yeah, well, let me let me just say a word real quick about the difference between what we've seen so far in chapters one and two, and then you get into three, and then mm -hmm. whatever you have for questions. Yeah. So, just remember that beyond Sunday, what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, okay, how do we live a text out throughout the week? How can we give the teaching time a little more mileage in our lives? And so. The difference between chapters one and two and three is when we arrive at three, we've we've uh, we've found at the very beginning of that chapter. I'll go back up to the top of that chapter. What we've found is we've found a commandment instruction that still works in our lives. Mm -hmm. So it's not antiquated in the sense that repentance was something for them back then. And it doesn't apply to us, as I tried to make it clear on Sunday. This No, this is. This is what we do. I think it was Martin Luther who said, you know, we uh, re repentance is what, what Christians do every day. Mm -hmm. And I forget the, exactly the way he worded it, but that's what he was saying is that this is this is a daily occurrence for mm -hmm. every Christian. So it's easy in a sense to apply the early part of Matthew 3, because all we have to do is make sure that we're responding well to John's message mm -hmm. and for the reason for the same reasons. Now, chapter two, and then before that, chapter one, remember that the application is a little bit different. What we're doing now is we're saying we need to believe in this person of Jesus who is bringing the promises of David and Abraham to us by faith mm -hmm. in the power of the Spirit. So we say we believe in him, we believe in his mission, and it is affecting our lives. But it's very general in chapter one and two. And now all of a sudden, I can't remember the guy's name, but whoever said this, it might have been Craig Keener again, who said, you know, we read Matthew as a disciple making manual. Well, now we're we're we are actually into heavy discipleship mm -hmm. with this particular section. Yeah. To repent. Yes. Follow that command. Yes. It's not antiquated. Um, he's preaching it, at least in part, to an unrepentant group of people, the Pharisees and Some the Sadducees. Are. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, who are those are those groups this is actually you know it's the first time they're introduced yeah. in the gospel of matthew yeah. um so they come on the scene yeah and it does not take long for john to just hit it off with them you know these guys right <laughs> oil yeah and water yeah so you know the best that i did on sunday and i didn't want to spend any time on this really as far as the historical background of the pharisees and the sadducees two different religious two different groups of religious leaders mm -hmm. and they know the scriptures really well mm -hmm. to a point, as we'll see Jesus challenging them over and over again. But uh, they are very, very concerned for righteousness. And they're, um, you know, they're, they're, the, uh, they're the ones that people would have looked up to mm -hmm. for a religious experience that they have. Um, in other words, I would, I, would be emula I, I would at least probably want to emulate these, these types of people. Mm -hmm. So they're a big deal. The biggest problem, uh, and I, I can't remember, I think we covered it a little bit earlier. Um, we, we did cover it earlier because, remember, they're the ones that Herod asked for, help me locate this boy. 
thought that was the chief priests uh, and the scribes. It's the same. These Close religious the same. leaders, right? Yeah, religious so you leaders. have these religious okay. leaders, and now you have another group listed here. So these religious mm-hmm. leaders are the ones who are going to, uh, as Jesus grows up, mm-hmm. these are the types of people, these are the groups that are going to uh, test him continually. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, ultimately, they'll turn the tide against him. Right. So you said you would want to emulate them. Because of their lifestyle. Righteous In people. Yeah. yeah, very righteous people. Right. Law-abiding citizens to the max. Yes. But Well-respected in the community as well. Right. So yeah. what's, why is John, you know, bristle against them? Yeah, because uh, to use another John's language, he came unto his own and his own received him not. So here are the people that should be embracing him. In other words, this group, and I, and I, and I think that's the best way to read this in verse 7, where, um, you know, at the end of verse 7, where John says, who warned you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the best way to read that is John knows that they have not been warned and they're not, they're not going to get baptized. Yeah. Why would they? They're, they're already clean. Yeah. We only baptize Gentiles to proselytize them. Yeah. So the Pharisees, would you describe them as righteous people, but not, not Jesus people? Like Correct. They, they're missing. Oh yeah. They're that. extremely righteous according to the law. But they, um, <coughs> excuse me, they do not, they, they will not follow Jesus. Right. And so I think where we've got a few minutes left and mm-hmm. where I kind of like to mm-hmm. settle in and beyond Sunday, take it in mm-hmm. is what's, what's the opposite message or what's the opposite reaction to what John's after and what Jesus is after repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand because clearly they're not doing it. And very often in our circles, the Pharisees are very quickly cast off as, you know, don't follow them. Mm-hmm. But they, to your point, they do, they they have a reason for living the way that they're living. Oh, sure. You think through the exiles of the Old Testament, they didn't want to see that happen again, mm-hmm. even though they were to a degree in it. And so they're trying to uphold the law, yeah. but they're missing something. And so how do we avoid their mistake? So uh, the way to avoid their mistake is to hear that warning and to believe that it's true. To put it in the simplest text-driven form, they heard the same message. They they heard about this guy preaching in the wilderness. They follow everybody else out there, or they're included in the crowds that go out there. Mm -hmm. They hear the same sermon. Mm -hmm. But of course, being the prophet that he is, he knows, uh, he knows what's going on in their hearts. So what we want to do is we want to hear this message and believe it as, as the warning it is. Now, for us, it's good news. Um, the good news is that you and I have an opportunity to respond regularly to the gospel. And so we can every day, every day, we can confess our sins, turn from those sins. And by the way, that's an intention. When I confess my sin to God or to someone else, my intention is to turn from that sin. Mm-hmm. My intention, I intend to repent. Mm-hmm. Then it's a matter of my trust in Christ and my obedience, both trust and obedience in replacing the sin with righteousness. Mm-hmm. And so um, the saddest thing, of course, is for folks who were there on Sunday the other day 
and they hear this message, but uh, they don't believe it. They don't believe it. They're not going to change their ways. There's not going to be any radical change in the way in which they think and live. Christ will not be all for them. And that's what's, you know, that's what's sad. Now, whether they know the scriptures a lot or not, my guess is that most of the folks that were there on Sunday with us have heard the gospel before. And so they're familiar with the good news about Jesus that I covered at the end. Mm -hmm. So the question then is just, uh, you know, this week, are we continuing to hear this message, continuing to repent for the reason that the king has arrived? And so he arrives to save, but also to judge. And then, of course, he's coming back again both to completely save and to completely judge. And the only, uh, it's not the only, it's the great news for us is um, the gospel is designed for us to be able to turn and return those two names that, uh, those two uh, words that we used on Sunday to help mm -hmm. define repentance. Yeah. Um, and you used the word judge or judgment multiple mm -hmm. times there. And that's yeah. the second part of, what we get from John's message when he's talking to the yeah. Pharisees that this um, this God that we yeah. serve, he is going to judge. And it's a man, the two tools that come up, the axe and the yeah. winnowing fork. Right. Right. So the axe is coming to bring, you know, cut down the tree that's yeah. not bearing fruit. Right. And the winnowing fork is going to sift through the chaff. Right. And keep the grain. Yeah. Um, and we want to be repentant people yeah. who are bearing fruit. Yeah. Not blown away by the exactly with the chaff. Exactly, we want to worship as wheat, mm -hmm. as like we're wheat. Yeah, we hear the warning, and and then again, you know, the issue, of course, for me today is bear, fruit bearing. What what type of fruit am I uh, demonstrating in my my life? What's the where's the demonstration that God has been is at work recreating me so that I am a kingdom citizen? Mm -hmm. That's really, I think, one of those great beyond Sunday type of uh, reminders, at least for me personally. Yeah. So God initiates the work. We believe that in us. He initiates it, but then the fruit has to be a part of it. And yeah. What ways do you, I don't know. I mean, I'm out of questions here, but just what ways do we see that in our lives or yeah. do we, you know, the spiritual so, checkup tool? Yeah. That's the, that's where I was going because yeah. I think, you know, the reason why I had that on my mind last week is I thought, we were, we worked at this. We were pretty yeah. thorough with those two, those two sides. Yeah. I mean, we covered a lot of ground there. Mm -hmm. So when I sat before church, actually took my highlighter and just sort of checked off a few of those, mm -hmm. I thought, yeah, there's, this is at least gives people a, a chance to assess yeah. an opportunity to assess where they are. And so I, I think the better, the better you do that self-assessment, mm -hmm. the more often you do that self-assessment, you're just aware of the places where the fruit needs to grow. Yeah. So let me just offer, uh, if you want one of the checkup tools, email Jill at the yeah. office. Um, I'll include an attachment on the Realm Post. So if you just want to download it and print it off yourself, if you have that capacity, you can do that too. Because uh, it it's a good tool, I think. And, mm -hmm. and again, the thought behind that was we go to a doctor to get checked up and just make sure mm -hmm. we're functioning our bodies, yeah. you know, hitting, hitting the certain marks. And so why would we not do that? Yeah. Uh, with our soul. Yeah. The only reason we wouldn't is that, and I was joking about this uh, two weeks ago with a guy we used to, you know, we used to say, well, or old, old guys used to say to me, if I don't go to the doctor, then they'll never tell me I'm sick. 
Yeah. So, you know, what you don't want to do with your soul is is live that way for sure. Yeah, right. And Be- so better to realize that God has created a way for us to be healed now. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is humble ourselves, submit to him and realize that his righteousness is life plus mm-hmm. and that the sin is soul destroying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even so, though it seems so good. Yeah. So there's there's the challenge and yeah. the you know, the importance of it because, you know, the physical healthiness and fitness is of some value, yeah, but little. not not compared to the, our souls. So exactly. let's take good care of them, be in accountability, be in the body, serve, repent, yeah, do it all. And we're glad we can do it together. Yep. Very good. All right. That's it. I'm out. Do you want another joke? No, thank you. Okay. Next week. All right. See ya. Love you guys. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.